I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Acton Mill. I've lost my notes. No, I haven't. I've got them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them. Welcome to the Real Millwall Fan Show. My name's Apple, guiding you through again uh, another um, an, an, another wonderful episode. <laughs> yeah, the Cold Blow Lane Diaries joining me. As you can hear, this is just that rumble, that little laugh. Is, uh, is Nick Hart right, pal? Greetings, dear listeners. The... Um... We, we we have a, like a pre pre conversation warm up and there's been going for about half hour before I thought we would better start recording a show because that's the purpose of why we've come together tonight. But greetings, dear listeners, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, we've got Chernobyl Charlie in the building. He's got a new <laughs> phone as well. Well, right, pal. You're right, mate. I have uh, replaced the phone. It had suffered radiation poisoning, so it was needed to uh, be replaced. I'd like to congratulate you on being the rising star that you are. So congratulations, oh, Mr. Aaron Paul. You're very kind. And uh, off on another run, I think. Are you on, a, on another run this weekend, Michael? No, not this weekend. The, the Rowit Revolution has hit a speed bump, but I'm still strapped in and ready to go. Yeah, he's, uh, he's our own very own Dale Winton. Uh, he is our supermarket supreme, our retail king, young Mickey Avery. Oh, pal. Good evening, Good evening. all. And um, we've had a we've had a late pull out, and it's uh, it is Mike Yiri Skalak. <laughs> Genuinely, sort of he's, he's done his he's done his hamstring again. Oh, I think he's I mean, Thierry Racon. <laughs> I mean, just genuinely, fucking hell, man. I mean, I mean, like my scouting was good on this one, Nick, but. You know, Alex Aldrich. The, the Alex Aldrich of the show you are, Aaron. You know, well, I mean, it could be worse. You know, it could be a brand. I mean, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> 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 let's just, let's just, let's just call him the club shop cave. Uh, anyway. um, Reading two, Melbourne one. Let's look back at another bad away day. Well, um, just before we start, we we do have a report from Jerry Skalak himself, Mike Hayden. Oh, we can roll that now, and we'll have a Mike's text. He was actually there. I don't think any of us were there. So let's have a. Quick listen to Michael and um, see what he has to say about the game. Achtung, Milbal. A pretty disastrous away day by all accounts on Saturday. Um, a rainy, cold, and extremely windy, miserable, miserable day uh, going to the plastic Majeski Stadium, a classic out of town 30,000 seater um, with about 12,000 there probably something like that the Lions sold out their attendance and we were expecting a big away performance under Rowett in his first away game Um, and it didn't happen Uh, he mentioned he was going to try and tweak our away uh, performances and team granted it was his first game but we kept with the same team um, that we went uh, we beat Stoke uh, and gave them a chance but ultimately the first half was like the Luton away game, awful. Um, we couldn't really get out of our own half. Reading pressed us uh, a lot. We had no time on the ball. And essentially Bradshaw was running uh, around on his own up front trying to pick up some lost causes. Couldn't hold the ball, c- couldn't string three passes together. 2-0 to Reading at half-time was actually kind on, on us. 
Um, it really could have been three or four, uh, and that certainly wouldn't have flattered the hosts. Um, the second half, um, Bod Varson comes on, and we look a little bit more lively, still very poor, and then Jed Wallace scores you know, a wonder goal, like he has done so many times this season, taking it into his own hands, you know, beating about three men and, and drilling it into the bottom left. And then we start to rally again, uh, and we kind of go for it, have a few half chances. Reading were on the back foot. It looked like they'd run out of steam from the earlier pressing game, uh, and we did well. But ultimately, you can't be 2-0 down at half time and expect to get anything out of the game and Rowett said you know if we were playing for another 10 or so minutes we probably would have equalised but it is a 90 minute game gentlemen Uh, so we were unable to so all in all it was a disappointing away performance and the concern for me is how slow we start away from home and it's something Rowett needs to look at. Um, as I say, you can't go 2-0 down and expect something um, out of the match. Um, bring on Charlton on Saturday. Let's hope for a strong performance and another easy win. Achtung, Milbein. So a disappointing day out for all concerned. Away day blues, gentlemen. 20 months. Without an away win on a Saturday. Yeah, um, it's it's intriguing. I I don't know why we are so poor away. I mean, I, I suppose timidity. Um, we don't seem to believe in ourselves when we go away from the den, do we? Why is that? Why why are we so poor away from home? It's 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 a, it's really it's it's a strange one because I I remember listening to um to another show that um Steve Morrison was on a few years back when um you know he was in League One and I know it's a different division and all this, but he actually said that. To a degree, Millwall sort of half prefer to play away more often because they've not got the expectation to keep attacking. You know, they can sit back, play that counter attack football, and press when they want to want to press and not have that expectation. So, I can't see how he's just done a complete one hundred and eighty in in what eighteen months, two years. I guess it's because we can't defend. Well, that, that, that is a sim- that is a simple thing. That is a very simple answer to the problem. Romeo can't defend. Murray Wallace can't go backwards. We ain't got a left back of the club, and that solves the situation. It is, it is you can't set out to defend if you can't defend. You, you know, I mean, Mourinho found this at Man United. It's, it's all right setting out tactics, but if you ain't got the staff to do it, you're fucked. And uh, for 20 months, uh, you know, a large proportion of that was last season. Meredith was rubbish. Uh, McLaughlin was rubbish, you know, yeah. of players that have left. We replaced them with other players. We didn't really replace a left-back. Um, we thought Murray Wallace was good enough to do that job. In some games, especially at the Den, he seems to be, you know, perfectly fine and perfectly able. But the problem is, is that when we go behind, I don't feel we're ever going to come back. And that includes being at home. And there is, we are but, far away from being a good side, but, but we're also a, not far away from being a terrible side. We're not far away from being a, a, a decent side. Um, I don't think we're going to be world beaters. This squad are not good enough to, over the season, sustain a, a sustained challenge. We might get on a roll. And I think that, you know, I was looking, trying to find the last time we had any half-decent away form. And it was in the run, wasn't it? The, the run to mm, the yeah. playoffs, um, which has come up for two years ago now. That was the which, last which time it happened. Which included a win at Reading away as well, second game in the Yes, it did. Yeah, two, it did. 2-0, weren't it, Gregory? Yeah. yeah. And we were going to places like Barnsley, I remember, and um, as you say, Reading, and have a similar kind of... Um, Marshall Weldy. Yeah, the places where we, we've struggled ever since. And we were going there and... And pulling off results. I mean, um, what, what was di- what was disappointing for me, Nick, is the fact that, put simply, Reading are shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, we made them look. They're like really bad. Like just the whole place on a whole of such. A, and I really like Mark Byrne. By the way, Mark Byrne on the on the side, really nice guy. That their, their, their manager who's, who's finally got himself a, a number ones gig rather than constantly being a, an assistant manager. But they are poor. They don't look like a. A decent side, and, and no, to, no, to, no, you know, the ultimate soulless bowl. I wouldn't even call it a bowl. It's more like a tin, like a foil takeaway box. Yeah, it, it's just crap. Like just 
it's it's like so many of these out of town oh. um, shop shopping retail mall um, stadia. I mean, it was one of the first of that kind, straight off the M4, straight into it, and you know when they're ready, it could be anywhere actually. Doesn't it's not actually any place at all. It's just this kind of well, shop, I mean, shopping as, retail as area, isn't it? Someone who who's someone who went to university there, which was actually quite nice. And, and Mike, Mike went as well, myself and Mike, so we know each other. But um, it's funny how that stadium actually came up. It was It's actually built on the old Reading rubbish stunk. So if you look around the Is ground... Is that what it was? There are vents. That's about right. There are vents everywhere to, to prevent the build-up of methane underground. But <laughs> it's funny because John Medeski, who um, who loves a Jagerbomb, by the way, actually bought <laughs> the land for a pound on the promise that he built that M4 junction, but it seems like, obviously, he had to spend a lot of money on that junction because the stadium has been put together in a very sort sort of um, economical way. Yeah, know? it's. I mean, it, it's it's this fundamental... I mean, I'm old enough to have been to the old ground, Elbow Park, mm. way back, and... That was of its. It, it was a, it was of Reading. It was the town that was represented by its club, like so many. I mean, you could go across the whole football league and say this because there's so many teams that have done this now. The 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 club, the stadium was old fashioned, of course it was, but it was sited in the town. It represented the town, and Southampton's another example. The Delft, and you know these were quirky old local industry, Nick. Yeah, it was of the place that it came from. And that was the great beauty of the Football League and, and English football generally. And what they've all done is aspire, and Reading are probably the classic example, of aspiring to be this Premier League, um, wishy-wash kind of bottom half Premier League type club in a, a stadium everyone says is really, really nice. Coventry is another one that springs to mind as I'm talking. And yet you've lost your essential personality. What's the point if you if you lose that? Um, I, I find it depressing, a depressing stadium, but um, you still, you still got to go there and win. And that's going back to the Lions. That's a mindset that we don't have and haven't had for a couple of years now. Um, it's a squad problem. Make, make no bones about it. I mean, what I what I'm sort of struggling to understand is, I mean, we talked a couple of weeks about ago about the game, um, Nick, the the mm. Stoke game, which ultimately led to being Nathan Jones's last game as yeah. Stoke manager. Um, you game. know, you know. Let's be fair. Millwall weren't amazing that day, but they were efficient in what they did. You know, they they, they kept Stoke to a minimum. But not every team out there is going to be like a Stoke. You look at Barnsley, have got a bit of fight in them. Borough, well, they look a bit shit. Luton have got a bit of fight in them. There are other teams down there that have all got a bit of fight in them. Huddersfield have started winning again. They're two points behind Millwall now. You've got Blackburn, who are, who are you know, a goal ahead on goal difference. It's 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 a funny old it's a funny old division. No one I, it's going to be like Stoke. No, I, I agree. And Stoke are very poor. Um, I mean, the table reflects a, a fair assessment of where we are and bottom three. I think probably are you know, Middlesbrough, Barnsley, and Stoke. As I look at it, they're probably you know going to be expect to be there at the end of the season. Um, it's a it's it's a fundamental problem. Although this squad is still basically Neil Harris's squad. And you know he's now gone, and Rowett has, has, has come in, and we'll be assessing it. I think he'll see that basic problem that there is a lack of um, fibre in the team that where we can go to places like Reading and, and and the others we've seen all season. Luton another very poor display there for for Neil at the end of his of his stint. There's a basic problem of um, leadership or yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's something missing from this this collection of players. I think. Although he won't want to make dramatic changes in January, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see dramatic changes next summertime because I don't think this squad of players have it within themselves to perform in a way that Gary Rowett would expect them to. Going back to your defensive point, Harry, um, we're going to be nothing if we can't keep go goals out of our, our net, and we can't do that at the moment. That's a basic problem. That's got to be sorted, and I think Rowett will sort that, but maybe not January, but certainly if we survive, and I think we will survive... We'll certainly sort it next summertime. Achtung, Mailball. Do you know what? I don't think it's that bad. As opposed to the conversation about um, about surviving or whatever, I just, I just think that if Millwall win one game in five away from home, they'll be a lot nearer the playoffs because their own form's fantastic. It's a bit like Wigan. Wigan win every game at home. They've got one of the worst records in the league away, like us, and they get all the points at home. You know? it, uh, I mean, the, the wins we've had this season, I mean, Stoke, we've, Aaron's just touched on it, 
I, I agree. I, I think we were we were good enough against Stoke, against a poor Stoke side that didn't really deliver on on, on any front at all. But if you're going back and think of the other wins we've had, we, um, Leeds obviously is a is a, a one-off pantomime fixture anyway. That's always any Millwall team that can't raise itself for Leeds at home is you know I think we're we're all done for at that point. So that was a good win though. But even then they were down to ten men. And we're passing the ball around slickly. We kept them out. But who's the opening day? Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday one nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, was, was it Preston? The other, the other win. Preston. Yeah, Preston, yeah, beat Preston and that were top the other day. We got points off the top lot. I mean, what really? we've done, we've, we've got we've got points, and it's certainly good enough for what are we now? 18th in the league. I was just I was just looking at it a moment ago. Seven points, and it's seven points off the playoffs. Five of the bottom three. It's but it's, it, here's the thing. I mean, 17th. We're 17th. If you said to me, we'll finish 17th at the end of the season, I would say to you that's probably about par for this squad. Not, I don't think we're bad enough to go down, although it's, we, we, we can't exclude the possibility. But I don't think we're bad enough to go down if, if we keep well, on doing what we're doing. there's worse teams out there, Nick. There's a lot worse, but I'd say this, this team is probably about 17th level, uh, I think, 18th. I think there's a lot of teams that are about 17th, 18th, though. That's, that's the championship. There is... A lot, a lot of teams that are just as bad as us, or just as good, depending on your pessimism or optimism. Cup is filled. You know the, the r- fact that we can't, the fact that we can't pick points up on the road, i.e. wins, is, is a massive issue, and it will get more of an issue because it suddenly ranks pressure up onto you on at home. You know what I mean? Although we'll probably win our first away game away at Charlton, won't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, we've got that looming on Saturday, but the reason I say we're 17th and that's part of this squad. I don't think this squad has to be at that level. I think if it has a different mindset, because that's the, that's the intangible thing that can rise further. I don't, if we get on a roll, then anything's possible. But I just think that at the moment, the way this team thinks of itself and that it conducts itself and the way it plays, we'll probably win a, a good number of home games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of very average teams out there. You know, you're right in saying that, and we're probably good enough to beat them at the den in front of the 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 the, the, the you know the, the home crowd that we have, um, and we'll probably get one or two wins maybe away from home. We probably struggle, and that's fine. If if we're going to be finishing 17th, that's survival, and everyone will come back next season and um, we'll have another go. But I still say that this team could be better. But it's almost like it's choosing not to. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a, it's a psychological thing. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I think that this is, um, you know, like it, it's not so long ago that we like we had the pre-season. Do, do you remember when we had the end of the season last year and everyone was saying about how bad the side was and how many rotten cores there were and how, how many bad players there were needed to get out? And yeah. then you're starting to get the Matt Smiths, you're starting to get the Mahoney's, you're getting the Malumbi who's brace breaking his neck to get down here. You was you was, you you know you were signing Bart. Bradshaw was fit. There was that real good feel around around the place, and 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 I I think that on paper, as you were saying, Nick, about the quality of the side, I I don't think this is a bad side at all. I I think this is a very good team if you get it ticking ticking nicely. I I don't I can't I don't defend. Think, no no, th- this is what I was going to lead on to. Um, I don't think it's a top six team. I don't think it's a top ten team. But I think it's definitely that sort of seventeen or slightly higher, lower mid to mid table side if you can get it ticking. I think that what it is this season compared to last is, I mean, un- under Jacket towards the end and, you know, um, under like Lomas and, and managers like these weren't very good. You could always say, we're not good going forward. We're not good in the final third. But, you know, at least we've got that back line that's strong. You know, we've got the Danny Shittoos, we've got the Mark Beavers, we've got these steady eddies at the back. Um, Rowick's known for being a good defensive manager as well. I think if, like mm. you were saying, we can't defend... If we can just shore up that back line and we keep Jed going at how he did the other day when he'd done that amazing run down the right wing against Stoke and, you know, like Bradshaw scoring the way... Same on, same on Saturday, Mike, Michael, wasn't it? I mean, another yeah, goal, he's, he's exactly. another dribble and, and a good finish, you know, on the end. Yeah. That's, that's Jed's trademark this season. Exactly. And, 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 I, and I think from that middle of the park onwards, I mean, it, it, even to a degree, Leonard, before his injury actually started to We're pick up a slight to bit tick, of form yeah. as well, you know, if we can just sort out that back line, work out what is our best centre half partnership. Okay, it's Marlon. Centre halves. Oh no, no, I was going to say that, that, like, sort out that right back issue with Marlon. Do we want you to be our fullback, or do we want you to be that winging option? Do we need to drop Fergie back there? Do you see what I'm trying to say? We just sort out that back line. No, I, 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 I agree. For me, that that's 
you know, you've either got to sign two players or you've got to sign one. You know, you either decide that we're going to play five at the back when we go away from home, and we've got to have that means you've got to sign a ball playing centre half, which we don't have. It works because you'll have Fergie and Romeo to bomb forward. That's perfectly fine. But I can't see Millwall fans swallowing that at home. Playing 4 4 2 is fine if you've got two, two, a left back and a right back. And we haven't seen enough of this McCarthy to make a judgment on him. And Romeo can't go backwards. And Jed is, doesn't help him, to be fair. I, I can't remember who made the point earlier on in the Twitter drop down that someone made the point that we play two defenders to fit in theory with, with Fergie, who's a bit more defensive minded. And we play Jed, who's expected to be the creator. And then Romeo gets caught out and everyone calls Romeo a cunt. Well, I don't think Romeo is helped by the fact that Jed's so good going forward. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, yeah. yeah but you can't stifle Jed for the sake of defending because that's just not going to happen. You're right, Leonard. Uh, you know, for me, there's there's big question marks over Williams. Malumbi, for me, the three best centre midfielders are, are, are in their different roles, in their different ways, really, are Thompson. Malumbi and Leonard. What you're saying there, Harry, go, go, going back to the fullback and stuff like that, I mean, how I've looked at it is is that you look at the ages of the players that they brought in. I mean, you know, John, uh, uh, Bod Varson's got time, Bradshaw's got time. Maybe what we saw last season was the first phase of the sort of evolution of the new Millwall squad because, let's be fair, there are still gaping holes. I, 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 I'm not sure the fullbacks are good enough. Obviously, you were talking about a ball-playing uh, defender as well. I think Malumbi's brilliant, but ultimately, what Millwall are doing is developing a, pr- a player for Brighton and Hove Albion. You know, yeah, we are. That's right. Be there next season. Let's be fair, they've got Colony up front now, Brighton. That, that's another member of their youth squad. They're probably looking at it, and Potter will give him a go next season. If he thinks he's good enough, Absolutely. he'll give him a go. So, what I'm saying is, are we looking at the first phase of a development and basically looking for Rowett to pick up and go, right, can you feel left back? Can you feel right back? Can you find a ball playing centre half? Can you find a replacement for Malumbi? Can you find someone else to, you know, just open up a defence, maybe on 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 the left hand side or something like that? That's my problem, really, with what we've done with Harris going because Harris was bringing the kids through, you know, slowly drip drip drip. But if you're not good enough, you're not good enough, unfortunately. And Millwall, you know, in the last eighteen months, have lost two kids to Manchester City for money. You know, this is why where we are in real life, unfortunately. Well, that's going to be so all the time, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I just... know, I know, but the the point is, is that the best laid plans of mice and men are all very good until Manchester City come along or Chelsea's academy come along and give you one and a half million to fuck off. Achtung, Milbein. You've got Billy Mitchell sitting there. You know, he's probably going to have to go on loan himself. Uh, Alexander's boy, I can never remember his fucking first George, name. George Alexander. George, you, you, these players need to be Rowitz, kind of one of Rowitz's um, most, you know, while he's worrying about the defence, he needs to fucking send them out on loan somewhere. And I'm not talking Fisher. I'm talking he needs to go to a jacket. They need to go and learn their trade, as you said by Kenny Jacket's way of speaking in, in the family book. It, it, you're right, it is the start of a new Millwall side. The problem is, is we've had 12 months of shit where people have turned on what I think is the wrong idea. We've, we we overachieved first season, and since then, we've probably been part of the course, and that hasn't done for a, for a large section of the crowd. Rowett has somehow got to fucking sort out 12 months of Harris slowly losing the crowd and with the squad between now and Christmas. And I, I think he'll get time out of some people, but the time, he won't get that much time considering the fact that they get beat by Charlton. I'll be, I'll be totally honest. I know what we're like. You know what we're like. We all know what we're like. I mean, if you read that, I'm just looking at a couple of quotes here from Gary Rowett after Saturday's game. He said on News of Den, it felt a passive, inverted commas, passive first half performance when we conceded two goals to Reading, gave his side too much to come uh, come back from. Uh, and then a more aggressive second half, which he's, I think he described as being what we're good at. All, I mean, for some time now, for the last couple of years, we have not been very good when we've tried to contain teams, in my opinion. And we've probably looked at our best when we've taken the game to the other side and got in their faces, I think, is the expression he's used here. Now, whatever tactics, whatever formation you want to call it if your team is not good enough to contain and I don't think we are because we give teams too much time and space to to shoot from the edge of the penalty area we saw that Brentford 
we've seen it um, Saturday at, at Reading and, and in all of the other games. Um, we don't seem to be good enough to contain. We are better when we, we, we take the game to them. Witness the, the opening phase against Stoke when the ball was pinging around the Stoke penalty area and goals followed. Um, that That's our best. I think he wants a defensive containment counter-punching side and that will surely take us to new players because I don't think this team can play that style very well and that's a problem. Well, since we've lost Jimmy Abdul, we can't. You know, if you look at Harris's <laughs> look at Harris's lead one side, that we contain a lot of shit then. You know, yeah, but we, we, final. we, we I, contain I a different level, won't we? And what, what other player, you know, those type of players, those defensive midfield players that contain people, and they're one of the most sought-after roles in the game. They're as expensive as centre-forwards. Kante, Fernandinho, fucking um, Wijnaldum, Henderson, look at all the ones at the top clubs, you know, they, they go for millions and millions of pounds. Millwall are trying to find, we're trying to play Premier League football on Ryman Premier League money. That's that's what always our problem will be. So you have to accept that. But I, I think that does that does take us to new defenders. It takes us to new um, blokes sitting in front of that defence because too many goals this season. And I'm going purely anecdotal. I've got no stats. I don't look at any of these analytics sites or anything. But I'm just going by the games that I've seen where Brentford are shooting from the edge of the penalty area. Um, we saw that on, on uh, the, the replay on, on the highlight show on, on, on Reading and other games where teams are having pot shots from the edge of the penalty and they're going in the net because we're giving them time and space to do so. That's the problem. That's because we've got no holding midfielder, mate. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised, chaps, if uh, if Rowett goes back for Kifton Bell from Birmingham. You know that. Because he brought him... Are they okay. under embargo, mate? No one knows. They signed a player today, though. They signed a forward today. Oh, so they'll have another 15 points like last season or whatever. Well, well the, you, can, you can register players that are out of contract. So um, it doesn't really matter. But in terms of going back to that Kifton Bell, really good defensive midfielder for this division, excellent defensive midfielder for this division, always fit, there's always been in that midfield for, um, for Birmingham City, I can see him going back from, you know, he's the one who scouted him, he's the one who signed him and he, he can trust him to do, um, tr- trust him to do a job, you know, I, I don't really have any fear for, for Rowett going and locating players and getting the best out of players because, you know, when I look at that Birmingham squad that he managed and he got him to 10th, I think in his first full season. He did. He did. There's yeah. A yeah. Lot There's a lot. And of the, yeah, and and the, the thing is as well, Aaron, is that like like what you're saying about these players who are coming in, and this is with all due respect to Neil Harris, who I love. Rowitz, Rowitz, like a bit of a name. Like there'd be more people willing to sign for Rowitz than there would have been for Neil Harris, like at a proven level, you know. And um, and I and I I think that will help us, and I, that's one of the reasons why I was quite excited with his appointment. He'll be gone by March. Who, Rowett? Yeah, I think so. Oh, leave off. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Seriously. Seriously. I have not seen Millwall fans so unhappy and so apathetic towards anything for a long we're time. We're two games in. We're two. We're two. Yeah, we're two in. in. Listen, we're we're at at point 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 order. 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 <laughs> One thing, one thing. I'm just looking at uh, Richard Corley, London News. Richard Corley, he's done a, a piece um, where an interesting paragraph I thought, where Ga- uh, Gary Rowett's commenting on the smallness of the squad. Now I know that Neil Harris made a thing about having a small, tight squad. Um, I, I don't know how many are in our squad, but it's, it's clearly so it's uh, tight to, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the opposite extreme. But anyway, um, he's talk, uh, Rowett's talking about having some um, illness in the team and being down to 15 or 16 bodies, which makes it very difficult to do match play stuff, as he puts it. So he's looking at that. So th- I, I think I think there are clearly um, changes in the pipeline to what level and who those who those players will be will be up for, you know, everyone listening to the show will speculate on who they think is going to be um, longer term, who will be on the way out. But I, I do think that um, January is going to be important. So I might see two or three players coming in, leaving us. And I think certainly next summertime, presumably gets beyond March, Harry. Um, if he's still here in the summertime, <laughs> he'll be making uh, more more chess moves in in, in the game. Achtung, Milbal.
Charlton, Birmingham. So that's no points from them two. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Cut him off. <laughs> let's talk about Charlton on Saturday. Um, we'll get ripped to new arse. It's going to be great. What's the matter with you? you, you, you I think you're right on the wrong spot. What's the matter, Harry? Come on. I just, look, I just think that... I, I, ironically, I t- listeners, he's the optimistic one out of four. <laughs> I, I, like to, I like to always think that when you get a new manager, you get a new manager bounce, yeah? Our new manager bounce was beating Stoke 2-0. We had our new manager bounce under Barrett. You, you know but there was, I mean, an improve, just, there was an improvement in the second half, and I didn't see it, so I'm not going to... I watched it on a, a, a dodgy a stream, stream okay. right? And uh, so I can't, you know, I wanted to go, but I couldn't go work, whatever, right? But it was the same. I saw the Twitter, you see the thing, see the thing that we all see. Please tell me the difference between a Gary Rowlett performance, a Barrett performance, and a Neil Harris performance. Yeah, but he's taking, he's, take, he's taking over a team mid-season. He's picking up somebody else's squad. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, a squad you know with, that when you're going in. Yes, you do. But the squad with flaws, we, we you know, we've spoken at some length over the last couple of years about the problems Absolutely. of the squad, which which are real, and we all know that. And yeah. he's had two he's had two games to come in. His, his first game is coming with like two days to work with them. And they were better there than they were. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's clearly identifying the areas to change and. You know, I do believe he's going to be um, set on, on making those changes because you kind of get a sense of what kind of team he wants to play. Absolutely. It might, well, might be more ah. defensive-minded than that we're, we're used to and, and what we call the Millwall way, but um, he knows what he wants, and I think he would achieve that, and he's got a track record of achievement in the past. So I think it's a bit early to be sacking him. No, I'm not sacking him. I'm just saying I think he will get sacked. I have no, I have no I just think he'll get sacked. When that will be, I do not read You've got the most understanding bull in the league. And they'll sack him after Look, six mate, months. When you get beat by Chelsea twice in a season, that is enough oh, to all manager to leave. You've right? got the, what's, the, what's the message? You've got the ump tonight. What's, 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 let's, let's share with the listeners. Who's shitting your coat? <laughs> no, it's not that. Look, 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 look. It's very simple, right? It's that I think Millwall work better when they've got people who care about the club. Right? That's, that's, that's absolutely 110% right. And does Gary Raddick really care about Millwall Football Club? No. So that that's my opinion. You know, I, I've had time to digest it, had time to think about it. And to be honest, no, just no, it's not going to work. It, 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 oh, who, who, who would? Who, who, who would have been your choice then, Harry? Who, who I, don't think, I don't think any of them. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the managing this. <laughs> that, is, that unfortunately is a bit like the playing staff. You can have, and the difference between you and Birmingham, and I will make it very clear, the difference between you and Birmingham is Birmingham are a big club. Regardless, in terms of they are Birmingham City, they get an average gate that's double R's. They, you know, they're not a massive giant of the game, but they're big enough to, you know, get double the crowd that we get. And they're a big city club, and they've got, you know, aspirations form a Premier League club and whatever. Compared to Millwall, who probably, you know, have got less average gate than QPR for fuck's sake. And to be honest, are playing a worse brand of football. Uh, you know, um, we've signed QPR's rejects and a fucking striker. For but but we, 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 can't, we can't have a situation where we can only sign um, people steeped in the folklore of Millwall. I mean, I know Neil was a one-off. He's a unique individual. No, I'm he's not got... saying about Neil. I'm saying in general that the difference, we haven't even gone, you know, I always thought with the greatest deal of respect, with the benefit of hindsight, obviously, now, is if you pick two championship managers, two championship manager legends in terms for different reasons. You obviously pick between Neil Wymawanka, Walnut, or you pick Holloway. We picked the wrong one. If we had got Walnut, Walnut suits us down to the ground, right? Four four two, big fucking centre halves, big centre forwards, fucking bang, crush people. Yeah, Five, but he gets right? beat. I, I mean I've watched Cardiff the other night. They're he awful. Gets, I absolutely agree that he gets beat. He's a, but he you know. gets people up before they get beat, right? The, the problem is we have been spoiled. And you Mike Whitman now on the head for this the other day, right? People, and that is really the social media generation. I don't mean to sound like a fucking old git. Oh, fucking hell, here we 30, go. Here we go. Right? But <laughs> fucking liven up. For fuck's sake, right? We ain't that bad. Achtung, Milbein.
I actually thought we had our agenda tonight, listeners, was a bit dreary. That's why I posted on Twitter. Give us some subjects to um, to talk about. So uh, let's, go, let's do a few of those, Aaron, shall we? Because I think we've, we've, we've oh, defeated everyone. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I've got one there. Ryan James, good, good, always good contributor to the show. Ryan, this is this one for you here, Harry. Um, where, where do you see the club in three to five years' time? What's the aim? Premier League, decent championship side. But um, <laughs> Ryan feels like it's a decent <laughs> time to take stock and talk about expectations. <laughs> what did he say? There was two different ones, but yeah, there was where do I think the club? Where, where do you? Where it's, the club it's the job interview. It's the job interview question. Where do you see yourself in four, three to five years' time? What's your watching aim? Mill, where do you, watch, watching Millwall in block forty-five get fucking in, in, in League Two. Zambo <laughs> <laughs> Lions to be the new manager because he's got to connect with the club. AFC South London Lions. I'm going to try and answer. I'm going to try and answer. Ryan's question sensibly because I feel like we've got into a, 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 a Harry Vortex. Zone. A Harry, a Harry Vortex. I, in three to five years' time, a lot will happen. I think we'll have. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll give Rowett time to build the kind of team that he wants, and I think we will be will progress. Um, we we may not expect at the start of the season to be promotion contenders, but I certainly think that we'll achieve mid-table stability, and that always gives you a chance for a New Year's springboard, possibly to all the six spot playoffs and then it's anyone's anyone's guess. I think that's a realistic aim. Um mm. what about you, Michael? What do you what, what do you think? Three um, to five years as an aim or as an expectation? Um I, I do you know what I, I genuinely think um and this is this isn't to sort of get everyone rolled up or anything like that, but I, I just I can just see it sort of being that typical Millwall um Nick in the sense that if if in two years, for example, like and this going back to the three to five years if, say, for example, it all goes a bit pear-shaped and we do go down, we'll be at the top end of League One, punch like you know, going up for promotion again. Yeah. If, yeah. We're, in, if we're in this league, I think it will be um, it will be the sort of mid-table. That's what we're looking for. And 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 like Ryan says, a decent championship side. I, I think if I think if you are if you are that Millwall fan, and it goes back to the expectation of you're not going to get millions, you're not going to be able to sign twenty million pound strikers. I think I think that. For Mill to be an established, decent championship side of um, of like a Brentford, like you say, Aaron, just without the expectation of winning the Champions League, but that consolidated Brentford, Bristol City level championship side, I think I think that's an achievement for a club of our size. I agree. What about you, Aaron? You're you're an outsider to the club to 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 a degree. Um, from, as an outsider's perspective, what do you see? I mean, do you see us as a club with potential? I mean, are, are we? Are we doomed? Are we, uh, you know, what, how do you see it? No, I don't think Millwall are doomed. I just think that everything is a sort of a process. You look at the way clubs are doing things nowadays. You know, let's be fair, you're not signing washed up, you know, sort of pros. You, you're not no. you're looking at a 35-year-old striker to try and lead the line now. You've got three really competent championship forward men there now who, who are doing something. I think that Neil Harris was in phase one of a grand sort of master rebuild of the club. And I think he's laid some decent foundations there. Hopefully, if he doesn't get sacked uh, by, by it, 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 in March, you know, Gary Rowett is the man who can take it forward and who can try and bring some form of success to Millwall. And you know what? I, I would like to see Millwall being a club that pushes for the playoffs and is pushing for the playoffs and is, is pushing in that sort of second to sixth sort of bay in the championship in the next few years. Yeah. I'm just reading just reading through Twitter. You've upset Phil Clark as well on Twitter. Have, What's yeah. this? Um he is he is God to me. That's who's that? Is that, that Teddy Sheridan? He's, God he's calling Teddy Sheridan God and I called him a Judas cunt. Uh well you're dead to him now. Uh I hope your nuclear bunker explodes. That's, that's, that's nice. That's, 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 a death threat. that's nice. That's the first death threat in the season. <laughs> One for you, Aaron. As we as we we've gone way off the agenda. I mean, I did start out with a professional show notes on this show. I'll bring it we, right. We haven't even got I, to the club I, shop I, yet. I ask a rising star of radio to host it. We have a proper show notes. Now we're going off into the twilight zone. Puma Kings, Aaron, or Adidas World Cup? Is that Puma Sockets? Puma, Puma Kings, mate. Got to be Puma Kings. Puma Kings. I, I couldn't I, tell. I, I, this I, is from Barnsley. Barnsley's asking. I was always the fan of the Puma Kings when when I when I when I used to play football. Puma Kings, and then uh, I went I drifted to Umbro for about a week, 
and then went back to Puma Kings. You know, you, you can't you can't beat him. Although um, my, my, my dad, my uncle, my cousin all were Adidas men. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For some reason. Achtung, Mailball. Carl Bates asking, how amazing is the iFollow commentators for Millwall? Ha ha ha. Sorry, listen to it. Being, <laughs> being serious, uh, he, he says the player of the season so far has been Bart Bielkowski. Um, no. What is the impact he's had on the team? Do we agree Bart as a player of the season no. so far? Harry, don't. Michael? Well, he's certainly up there for me. He's definitely in the top three. Oh, no, he's, he's, up, he's been, up there, but he's, he's just not been my fantastic this season. this season. And um, I, I think that, you know, like we talk about Rowett being able to sign these players, and I, I think that to be able to get a manager of Rowett's level, we'd need to sort of half entice him with a bit of a war chest. I think that's one of the first signs we should make on a permanent basis. I think he's been amazing. I agree. Very hard for a goalkeeper to be player of the season, but that normally implies a poor season, unfortunately. But I do agree he's been yeah. very, very influential. I think, I think he's a good. I think he's a good shout for it. He's definitely in the top sort of three for me. But, but for me, either Tom Bradshaw or um, the boy Wonder, win, uh, Ben Thompson, win it for me, just simply because whatever Ben seemingly does, especially at home, I don't, I don't know what happens to him away from home, but when he's at home. And he, he brings the crowd into play. He is the X-factor player. And Bradshaw to score what? Got nearly break the record at this level. When was the last time he had a player scoring goals as much as him? You know, um, yeah. Lee Gregory is just a shit Tom Bradshaw, really. Um, where has it gone? I've lost it. I've lost it. I've lost it. It was um, You've lost your own so, agenda. <laughs> so, no, someone was asking whether um, Big Tom, um, Kevin Brown, would Big Tom Elliott fit better in a Gary Rowett? New style of football team with big Tom Elliott. Does he have a place? Still? Absolutely. Uh, That's where we've been missing all season. Tom Elliott. <laughs> Tom Elliott. From. To be fair, he's probably more mobile than, uh, than Matt Smith. I, I, I am. I am haunted with Tom Elliott because obviously he's become a, a, a laughing stock. Haunted. Well, he's become a laughing stock, and no one takes him seriously. And you know, we've all seen the same games, and we'll we'll get it. But I remember up at Leeds. You were with me, Harry. I sat with you up there at Leeds. Um, a beautifully taken goal by Tom Elliott and yeah. he actually fitted in nicely that day into a team that made a great comeback from 3-2 back to win it 4-3 late and he played well that day. So, and you know, the, the big venue, um, I know he's, I think he was an ex-Leeds player in his time so maybe there was a bit of that lifting him, I don't know. But there's, I, I, we've had a long history over over many years of, of players that have hinted at something and never quite... Um, you know, fully fully shown it. And I just think Tom falls into that category. I don't think he's got a place in the team, to answer Kevin's point, but I can't see how he'd fit into that team. But there's something about Tom Elliott that's not as bad as we all 
cast him. He's become a like a cartoon figure, isn't he? And I don't think he's quite Bob that Pete. bad, in my opinion. Bob Peters, Mayhofer, or Tom Elliott. Which one would you keep? Of that group, um, yeah. uh, Tom Elliott. Yeah, Tom Elliott out of that group. Mayhofer, young, absolutely laughing. You know, at the, the worst player I've seen possibly ever. Bob Peters Ooh. wasn't. Oh, that is, that's, that's a subject for oh, another show. No, Worst middle player of all time. Well, he'd I mean, be in that category. Mayer Hoffer was awful. Um, Bob Peters, going back a little while, but he, he, was, he was actually quite a skillful player when he, when, he, when he bothered, but he just didn't bother. But Tom Elliott, A, a does care. Uh, you can't take away his, you know, that from him. He does, he does try and give everything he's got to give. There have been occasions that's not been very good, but there's always this hint that there's something else lurking in there. That may be... The story of his career for the rest of his time. Oh, I don't know, but what, comedy value. Uh, I, I I just think there's something else lurking in there. But there we are. So thank you to everyone that replied to my plea for help online. Is it everyone. time for the Sparkling Club shop update? I think it may well be. Michael what do you think? Avery, take us away, son. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. Anyway, so um. Going back to Tom Elliott. Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil, indeed. It was, it was like a very good segue there, wasn't it? So, <laughs> so professional. It's, it's as if I've said this before the show. Um, <laughs> so, we, we have an item that's actually not for sale, believe it or not. It's, it's on the website, but it's not for sale. Yeah, Absolutely. my strategic right. place, <laughs> place comma com there. But it's a piece from actually the, uh, the little known Millwall auction ah. section of the club shop. Ah, okay. I didn't know about this. Yeah. No. It, did you know about this, Aaron? Me? Yeah. No, no, no mate. No, I didn't. So, <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I shall it wasn't for sale, but yeah. No. So, are you torn whether to auction for a 2018-19 matchday poppy shirt worn by Ben Amos, Jordan Archer or Tom Elliott? Yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm torn apart. With it. I'd be interested in the Jordan Archer number. I wonder if it actually comes with any holes for hands. Nah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so would you want, to, uh, Harry? This is aimed at you. Then, would you want to raise your electronic hand and quietly mutter when the online auctioneer asks for bids? Yeah, yeah, I would actually. Yeah. And would you one day like to purchase a shirt? that Millwall's fifth-choice striker wore for only a collective 187 minutes of the 270 available over that period. Of course. Yeah, I'm only, to be fair, I'm only interested in the Jordan Archer one, but go on. So, if the answer to these is yes, then make your way over to the auction section, which I didn't even know existed. No, I didn't know this existed. No, I no, didn't. There that's you what go. I'm saying. Just so, you're, bidding, you're bidding for the shirt. You're bidding for this, you know. You're, you're bidding for the shirt, um, right. but I, I will go into more T's and C's to make you think whether you should auction it, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you can go over to that auction section of the club shop in time for the next auction before it's going, going, gone. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, did. very good, mate. I'll, I'll tell you what, um, just on a side note, that I've actually just popped on there because I'm interested in purchasing one of these uh, and uh, or maybe all of them. But, Are you uh, after a Ben Amos? A Ben Amos? Well, the Ben Amos is at eighty-six pounds at the moment. Yeah. Archer, one hundred and twenty-one. Um, okay. The Tom Elliott, one hundred and eleven, and at three hundred and seventy-one pounds. Oh, Jay mm-hmm. Cooper. A Jay, oh, Jay, Jay how, much, Cooper. how much is the uh, How much is the Archer one? It's at one hundred and twenty-one quid at the moment. To be fair, as he's homeless at the moment, because I'm presuming <laughs> he still hasn't got a job. <laughs> Um, Allegedly. <laughs> and, well, no, he definitely hasn't, because I ain't seen him sign for another club. So I think he might be up to selling the kitchen silver soon. Um, so <laughs> I mean, this is a, a place to Jordan Archer. If you are struggling, Jordan, I'll happily buy you that shirt so you can wear it on the street. You know, it's, it's, winter, it's another layer. <laughs> that's, that's cruel. <laughs> He fucking ruined my dreams. Don't remember. I remember the anyway. Moving, moving Move on. on. You ruined so, my dreams. You know, Michael so the reason why um, this is a question why um, is because as Aaron says, it's 111 pounds. But also, if you look at the T's and C's of the shirt, because shirts mm. need T's and C's, obviously, the shirt has been washed and is not signed. So right. you may uh, you may question whether Tom Elliott actually ever wore it or if it is in fact a replica. I'm sure it will come with. I would want it washed. I wouldn't want an unwashed want Tom washed. Elliott. I would also like it signed and possibly held while signed 
by the, the photo who was signing it. For provenance. Mm. That's, that's but, a big, big thing. You know, when you go to porn stars on Discovery Channel, they always ask for the proof, don't they? Yeah, it's that's a big critical thing. If you're really mm-hmm. gonna go into this market, the provenance of it is is the is the thing. So I would I'm with you, Ari. I, I would want a photo of Tom signing it actually, just Me to show that it was it. Mm-hmm. But also yeah. to to be to be fair to the club on this one, as it says here, that at the time of the auction, all the proceeds went to the British Legion. So to be fair to the club on this one, it's good that they actually raised some money. Good, you guys. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well, all right then. Mug section. Shall I do the mug section? Yeah, go. We are all mugs. We're all paying customers. Hence <laughs> the reason I wrote entire mug section. Entire mug section. Do you look at Mill's finest ceramic china and think, oh, I might need help picking that up? Are you still struggling to find the camouflage, camouflage <laughs> mugs on the shelf to to go with something a bit brighter? Are you looking for a sale of up to fifty percent? Fifty percent. On South London's finest plastic. No plastic like it. Well, Christmas has come early for you, dear listener, Mill fans, because if you go on the Mill Club shop site to buy a China mug for a family member or yourself, uh, you're not able to. And the only item available is a Mill drinking cup for £4. So there's no China mugs, but there is a drinking cup for £4. I'm not even joking, right? Our club shop is fucking... I can't even... Words, I'm done. When we when we finish this section, I'll come back because there's a point in there you could make there well, Harry. Um, notes: We on the Mill Fan Show believe this cup may be a child's plastic container and not actually designed <laughs> for adults. Have a look at it. Have a look at it. Oh yeah, it's like a um, it's like a Tommy Tippy, isn't it? That Mill drink. Like a cup. Cup. <laughs> Tommy Tippy. Tommy is Tippy. That, it's is that why is that for purchase? So you can take it up, have your beer poured into that whilst you watch another boring one nil defeat away at Reading and drink yourself into a super so you can be pushed along afterwards I think it's, still continuing it'll be quite the, thing, the thing is though in, in in deadly serious some of those cups are quite smart and you think you yeah. know what like like, like for there's example, some, there's like, some nice like, mugs on there yeah, I was just gonna say my, that my, actually. My, like my, my dad would like something like that but I've got but, to get him a drinking <clears> cup with handles that doesn't filter bubble properly I mean in, in oh, all honesty we're laughing we're laughing at the camouflage mug, but it's actually not a bad-looking mug. You'd have that on your table at work. There's there's a number of decent mugs there, if only they were available. The drinking cup is a Tommy Tippy, and I'm just thinking there might be a market. If you're completely insensibly pissed out of your head and alive with spillage, then that would be That's the answer, wouldn't it? Yeah, you just coming straight out the little um the little you know um the funnel part that the, the kids drink from. So could well be a market for that i suppose as a very niche kind of product you know that's instead of the uh the hip flash you now have the tommy tippy hip flash tommy tippy a millwall fc crest address book let's have a look at said item oh very it's very swish four name and surname um it's nearly the festive period dear listeners christmas is coming and what better gift to get that busy and unorganized person in your life than the millwall fc crest address book uh, for the absolute bargain of £29.95, that's a lot, uh, from, <laughs> from the personalised <laughs> section of the club shop, you can be the proud owner of an item which not only can keep your diary and addresses organised, but can also be used as a weapon of self-defence if ever you have find yourself under attack. Um, is it made out of metal or something? Or is, is it, is it, uh, it's weapon? metal, isn't it? Asbestos. Mm. Note the extra, <laughs> the extra few quid is obviously for the novelty of having your name engraved. It must be metallic. Also, will probably need to be declared as you pass through airport security as both a metal item and a dangerous weapon. To be fair, um, this is the 21st century version of the Millwall brick. Yes. It's now the Millwall <laughs> Crest address book. Nick, Nick would you like to uh, describe it to the listeners as you do in your uh, artistic antiques roadshow style? Well, I'm looking at, uh, it, it looks like a, it, it looks like an actual photo frame. Yeah, it's clearly a metallic book. Um, silver. It's got. Is that a um, is that a hinge or is that a pen down the side of it? I think it's, it's both. I think it's I think dual purpose. It's, it's a dual purpose hinge stroke pen of some sort. Um, it's in. No, it can't be a hinge because it'd be on the other side. It must be a pen. Um, it's it's engraved with the the club logo, uh, all in silver. Um, and underneath the club badge is four names, surnames. So you could have you know Nick Hart or whatever you want to put on there. Um, it looks like. It doesn't look. I'm trying. One of those things in the eighties, the uh, the personal organisers, Philofax. It yes. doesn't look as good as a Philofax. I'm going to be really Something honest. Something that Silver Trotter would carry around <laughs> in an eighties eighties episode of Fools and Horses. Yeah, I mean they were really big things. I think they still have their market because they were very very good products. But I'm not sure this is a very very good product. It's first twenty nine ninety five. Yeah, so, so you wouldn't spend thirty quid on it, Nick. No, 
No. I mean, how much do you pay for a, I don't know if anyone buys an address book but, or any kind of notepad. I mean, what, you go to oh, Paychase, Pound Shop, WH Smith's, if you want to go up market. I mean, I mean sure, that I, there's got to be. I don't know how much the Final Facts cost now. I mean, they used to be quite be, pricey back in the old days. Quid. Don't you have to buy the inserts? Don't you buy the you buy the inserts? Yeah, because yeah, and then and the were, facts you buy separately. I they were very you can, good I products of their time. Products as good as that on Deptford Market on a Saturday. I, I think you probably could, Harry. If you said like nine ninety five for this product, I might say, well, okay, that's par. But um, twenty nine ninety five is way, way, way let, let, too much. Lads, I've decided all of your Christmas presents are coming from the club shop. So. Club shop. <laughs> Achtung, Mehlball. What became of that silent disco? Do you remember there was a silent disco? Did that happen? Oh, or? Let me Google it. Let me have a look. What, what became you of it? I'm looking at you, Michael. You, 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 know, you know all about this kind of shit. What, what happened to the silent disco? I don't know this It's kind of outrageous. Because that's right up my alley, a silent disco. Cheers. I've put in, I've put, I've typed in disco on the website. I've got like two pages worth of results. They love it. <laughs> That's more than the last three seasons worth of away wins. The Millwall Disco. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Enjoy the MCT Silent Disco in October. What date was that on? It must have happened. Oh, Mr. Michael, did you go? <laughs> <laughs> was Brandon Cragnall there? Almost oh, certainly. Almost certainly. <laughs> Over 18 <laughs> only. only. Friday the 18th of October. 15 quid ahead, including a finger buffet. No mention of the puppy <laughs> bar, though, Harry. Sorry about that. Oh, no. You have to cans. Yeah, you, you're taking in cans with you, mate. <laughs> you see Nick Hart sneaking in with a bottle of Mad Dog 2020. Classic. Classy Quite gig. Lighting. <laughs> I've bought a bottle of K cider in it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a bottle of Cherry Lambrini. Round the back with a litre and a half of Lambrus. Where, oh, where, where is Nick? He's in the corner with a Volavons and a special brood. <laughs> Asking where, asking for the finger buffet. Where's the finger buffet? It's not what I was sold. Oh my god! Anyway, with the special brew. I suppose you could, you could show up at the silent disco with this Millwall player figure Subutio T-shirt on, couldn't you? If he was going to show up at that, you could. Oh right! Oh yeah! You could wear this because we'll finish this. <laughs> right, here we go. Do you want me to take this one, Nick? Go on, mate. Off you go. So, Finish it. End it. So, so, um, <laughs> that's, what, that's what everyone says in the club shop. This is absolute so, shit, this thing, honestly. Yeah, look at it. Let's oh, so, so describe it for the listeners. It's a, it's a bog standard cafe press white t shirt or off white t shirt. It's How got much? a. Uh, so I want £26 for it. Uh, it's got like a club crest in the centre, and then underneath it's a Subutio, a bog standard Subutio player wearing a blue shirt and white shorts and white stockings, which we've never What's actually worn in the kit. It's got a name underneath it, or does it just say. No, 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 it says your name. Your name. Oh. It could be you. Oh, it's absolute pony, honestly. Um, <laughs> Fuck me. £26 for that. You want your head looking at it if you pay 26 quid for that thing. Yeah. Sorry. This is the anyway, business side of the club. Is there a finger with it? <laughs> <laughs> Away you go, Michael. End it, mate. Finish it. So, um, so yes. In, in my classic QVC, which I've tried to do for the last 18 months, we are nearly into the third decade of the new millennium. And whilst today's society is playing with their new iPhone, Nintendo Switch, Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4s, at the personalised section of the club shop, we have what every millennial craves: Subutio. <laughs> yeah, that was a good game. So, 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 what? You can't be right. That's far too cheap, is what I hear you scream as I tell you a plain T-shirt with only a personalised name Subutio player and Millwall crest is twenty five ninety nine. Amazing, but there we are. Aaron, would you have one? Would I bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you might if you want to go on the, the end of some bad deals in the past, you know, selling Tim Cale to Everton for 1.5 million. Mm. But I think that tops that in terms of bad fucking deals. 26 pounds for that. 
if you was on the pull at the at the silent disco, you might put that on and expect to um, <laughs> fucking pull a muscle you know, putting you on there. <laughs> oh, can, can you imagine that though? Um, yeah, imagine that having that t shirt on and I'm the headphones, sure you'd get banged up, wouldn't you? <laughs> not, you, look like, you look like a danger. Actually, no, the person that would wear this is the kind of person to be spotted in the background of the club's manager reveal video. Don't don't name any names because we've got live. Look, like, look, there was look, a libel. You look like you're on day release from Broadmoor, basically, <laughs> when you're wearing the headphones and you, you'd have you'd, you'd be, you know, the headphones and the t shirt. It just, it just, you know, tantamount to Broadmoor, mate. Achtung, Mailball. I'll tell you what, chaps, Nick, just very quickly, I saw something quite sad on your um, on your timeline today on Twitter about when Saturday comes, you know, great. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, yeah good, good call, because I was going to put that in um, just to close this. Um, when Saturday comes, which is one of the, um, it's a magazine drawn from the fanzine scene, uh, the 1980s and on through the 90s, um, is in a bit of trouble, financial trouble. I, I subscribed to it and they produced a kids magazine, which I, I, I got for my nephew. And that's folded now because this wasn't the, um, the you know, the, the, the revenues in it. And now when Saturday comes is in trouble. They've I posted on the Twitter feed an appeal for more subscribers for people to buy the magazine, support it. Um, I, I just think that with print magazines, once they're gone, they're gone. And, you know, I know the Internet is instant and, you know, we all know the content, the YouTube is, is the ruling thing now. But there's, it, it, you really do miss good quality football writing and a good quality magazine. And, and when Saturday comes, fulfills all those, ticks all those boxes. It's got, um, you know, it's got history. It's got it's got depth. And I just think it's worth supporting. So um, if you're listening and you like when Saturday comes, go and buy a copy because that's what's helpful. Will, will help sustain it. That's going to on my it's... Christmas list, mate. Straight on my Christmas list is a subscription for, uh, for, for when Saturday comes. Really looking forward to it. The, they um... have... What, what, just sorry, Harry, just before you come in, um, something that doesn't help them in, in some ways is they, they have certain principles of advertising. Their advertising is all football-related products. They've got like classic shirts and various other products related to the game and, and, and books and, and that kind of thing. They won't take gambling advertising. And, Close to your heart, Nick. Well, this, this is the problem. I mean, the, the, because the gambling industry is awash with money, and as, as I get tapped up on this show from time to time to, to have featured bits, you know, where they read out their odds and, and you, you do like a little feature part or run advertising. Um, thankfully, I don't have to function at a profit so that, that I can tell them to stick it. But um, for a magazine that needs advertising, it must be very, very hard to turn it away. And um, they may have to reconsider that, in my opinion, not for me to turn out to run their business, but that might not be sustainable in the long term if the magazine is to continue. But there's clearly a lot of money in, in gambling advertising. We see it everywhere, don't we? Yeah, I think as well, it's not just um, the fanzines. I mean, you know, um, Autosport recently announced that they weren't going to work or do, um, and they put their print magazine up to 10.99 to try and get you off it. They've, they've subsequently decided against that. But I would say anyone who was going to have an Autosport subscription change the Saturday comes because they're a... Uh, if you've if you like football, I think Nick's right in the sense that football writing is a skill that is being lost because of well, not only because of what we do is you know you look at all the ex pros who do podcasts, you look at all that, and it's just yeah. a watch now. So it's a very competitive market in terms of podcasting. So it's rare to get rare to get a, a print copy of of something decent. To be fair. Mm. The intro one in one of the features in the magazine literally arrived today, hence me posting the um the appeal out. But uh, one of the things they're moving into is a when Saturday comes podcast. Yeah, and I suppose the time of the products, you know, the magazine, the print, uh, the website, the online edition, the podcast. They're trying to do this Patreon thing. I don't know if anyone's seen that as well. Patreon. Which, yeah, Patreon. Um, which is like a donation system and you get certain yeah. privileged access to stuff um, that may or may not suit some people. It's going to be, um, it's going to be a touch and go for them for a while, but if you can support them, they do great. They do great articles, do great products. And I just think it's worth sustaining something that has, uh, has got that kind of history to it. So let's have the Fredos, lads. Um, Millwall 2, Charlton 1. Michael. Millwall 1, Charlton 0. Harry, depressive. Millwall, nil. Charlton, nil. I'll take that. I'll take that. Aaron. 
Millwall 2, Charlton Athletic 0. Nice one. I like that one. Uh, Michael Avery, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you close this one out. Thank you, Harry, mate. Go and do something to cheer yourself up, uh, Nick. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, enjoy the game if you're going to the Den on Saturday. I'm going to Nottingham Forest versus Derby. Can't wait. I did want Millwall time, but you know, such is the modern world. Uh, but yeah, be safe. Enjoy it. Uh, Michael Avery. In the presence of an award-winning broadcaster, bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.